Well, I don't know about you, but I already feel like I had a whole church service already, full, full in the spirit. And when you get full in the spirit, you're like, I don't know if I can take anymore. But uh, kids went to Sunday school, so I guess we'll do a shortened message here today as they're uh, back there. We've been working a series on uh, the fruit of the spirit. I just got two left. We have gentleness and, and self-control. And so we'll do uh, maybe a bit of a shorter version on, on gentleness. Uh, one of the big questions that you need to answer as someone who follows God is, is the question of God's character. Because your view of God's character will determine so much of your relationship with God. It'll determine so much of how close you feel to God, whether you sense His presence or sense His love or not. The idea of God's character is so vital. Uh, people who tend to feel distant from God usually have a, a view of God that is harsh and, and, and kind of mean and angry and condemning and, and full of shame. And you find those people who feel very close to God and, and really sense the love of God are people who understand that, as John says, perfect love casts out all fear. And so big questions like, what is God like? And how does God feel towards me? How does God respond towards me and what is God's character are very, very important questions. And so, uh, you know, how are we to know what God is like? I mean, how are we even supposed to, uh, to answer these questions? Uh, what is God like? And, and we have talked a lot about uh, looking at Jesus to answer the question, what is God like? What is God's character like? We look primarily at Jesus. I mean, the scriptures tell us that the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And so if your view of God doesn't look like Jesus, then there's something wrong with their view of God. The, the, the looking at Jesus and knowing Jesus and how he interacts with people and love people, that is God. He is the exact representation of your being. As it says in John, that no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us, that Jesus is the perfect revelation to help us understand who God is like. And so again, if, if your view of God isn't lined up with Jesus, then you've got to get your view back towards Jesus. And this is why it's important to spend time in the Gospels. But another way to understand God's character is simply what we've been talking about, the fruit of the Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit, and it says in John 4 that God is Spirit. And what is God like? He, he, just look at His fruit. Just says, if you came to me and said, you know, what so-and-so is like? I would probably give you some characteristics. Well, here's, here's what this person is like. Or, you know, sometimes you guys make me do references, and I have to think about, you know, what, what is the fruit of this person's life? Or what are the characteristics of this person's life? So I can write it down. And Paul, when thinking about what is God like, he said, well, this is his character. This is his fruit. That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is who God is. And this is who God is towards you. That God is full of love towards you and he's joyous over you and has complete peace with you. He is patient and kind and good and faithful towards you and he's gentle and has self-control that this is the nature of God. And so as always be checking 
You know you're getting off track when you, your view of God doesn't line up with Jesus or doesn't line up with the fruit of the Spirit. And God is, of course, very gentle with us. It says in Psalm 103, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Because sometimes we can really mess up and really hurt people. And, and, and yet God is so gracious and so forgiving and so patient with us as we kind of grow through through our mess. And so uh, we're talking about gentleness today. What is gentleness? Because this is a characteristic of God. Well, according to our dictionaries, it means calm, kind, soft, not violent or severe. Uh, according to one website, it means soft and mild, not harsh or stern or severe. I don't know about you, when I think about gentleness, I think about puppy dogs and pillows and, and bunny rabbits, you know, <laughs> kind of soft and, and cushy. Uh, like gentle. But that actually doesn't capture the, the, the biblical meaning of gentleness. The biblical meaning of gentleness would be more than a puppy dog or a bunny rabbit. It would be more like a whale shark. Uh, whale sharks are, are ginormous. I think I've looked at it. They're like, they can grow up to like 60 feet. They're ginormous. And the, the name shark seems scary. But they're actually, actually the gentle giants of the ocean. They, you know, you can swim with these things. Uh, because they don't eat humans or people. They kind of eat other things. Uh, but they're very gentle, but they have tremendous power. And this is what the biblical idea of gentleness is. The meaning is actually power under control. A weakness that has no power. It is tremendous power that is controlled in a controlled manner. Uh, we also see in the Bible that gentleness and meekness are uh, actually used interchangeably. Uh, Jesus, in the New Living Translation, says he is humble and gentle, but the King James says he is lowly and meek. And sometimes when we might think about, again, gentleness or meekness, we might think of, again, puppy dogs, pillows, and bunny rabbits, and we might even think of weakness. Uh, like, God couldn't be gentle because that's weakness, or I don't want to be gentle because that, that's weakness. But again, gentleness is power under control. If you were to think about, like, an airliner, uh, most of you have probably been in a passenger jet, hopefully not recently, I might be canceled, but, uh, uh, but I've been on, on these tremendous planes, and every time I'm on them, I was like, I can't even believe this thing can take off and fly and land. It's still mind-boggling to me, because you just look around, and there's like all these people, and wait, and it's like, how does this thing work? But, you know, I've been on flights when uh, the pilot is so skilled that I've been on flights that have landed, and I look around, and there's still someone snoozing over there, like still sleeping. And when a pilot can take a huge thing like that and land so gently, uh, that's not weakness. That's just tremendous skill. It's tremendous power. It's an example of all this power, and he's able to control it and have this gentle landing. If someone has a plane and just goes, I say, well, that's not a very gentle landing. You didn't have all that power under control. It was rather messy, and it hurt, and you woke everybody up. Gentleness in Scripture is power under control control. And we, so we see this in Jesus. I mean, Jesus has tremendous power. I mean, I mean, this is what Colossians says about the power of Christ. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Again, we know what God is like by Jesus. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. 
such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. I mean, that's, that's tremendous power when you're holding all creation together. Yet, he is humble and gentle and kind. Gentleness and kindness, he's described. In Matthew 11, he's described as being gentle and humble. Again, this idea of tremendous power, but it, but it is control. That is, that is gentleness. You know, we look at lions. They're another example of these creatures. It can be very dangerous. Um, in fact, Satan is related to a lion. It's a stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And lions can be incredibly dangerous. They're called the, the king of the jungle. In fact, I think uh, when I was looking up lions, uh, in the early 1900s, there were 1,500 people killed in Tanzania by lions in 15 years. Like, dangerous. They were like, you know, killing all these humans. It can be incredibly dangerous. But, you know, Jesus is also called a lion. It says in Revelation 5, Behold the lion that is from the tribe of Judah. But Jesus is a lion, not of a power, uh, power that is out of control, hurting people, but he's an example of a lion that has power that is under control. In fact, in this very phrase, he is called both the lion and the lamb. Behold the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David has overcome so as to be able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing. That's why we sing that song, The Lion and the Lamb, because he, his power under control. And of course, Jesus becomes an example to us in how to live. The reality is we have a, a lot of power. We have the power to hurt or the power to heal. Uh, when we're frustrated, we have the power to tear strips off people and, and, you know, beat people up. And I mean, just think of all the damage done in this world by power out of control. That's not gentleness. Gentleness is when we use power and we have it under control. And this is what scripture is asking us to, to do. See that no one pays back evil for evil. That is power out of control. That's power not used in love when you pay back evil for evil, but always... Try to do good to each other and to all people. Use your power for good and love. Or Psalm 34, turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Or let us do good to all people. Because we always have a choice to use the power that we have to hurt, to do evil, to seek revenge, to be unforgiving, or to love and to heal and bring wholeness. This is the idea of uh, taking the high road. If you've ta heard about taking the high road. I mean, the low road is always easy. Uh, when someone's angry with you, right, buddy? And, uh, and you just get angry back. It's, it's the low road. Um, I think it was probably 10 years ago. I'm, I'm, I still remember it vividly. I met in the office there with this couple. They weren't even from our church, but they were really angry at our church. And I guess some things we were teaching or something, but they were just so angry. And I remember I was just getting angry inside because they were so angry. And some of the things they were saying were totally not true. And I just took everything not to take the low road and just like, oh, you're an idiot. And you don't know what you're talking about. And you didn't even go to this church. So screw off, you know, <laughs> something like that. You know? That's the low road. That's, that's easy. It is easy to have all this power and lose control and have all this power and to release it in unloving 
is, but it takes tremendous power to be gentle. The idea of having this power, but to use it in this gentle, that's, that's the high road. That's exactly what I think, and so do other scholars think Jesus is saying in Matthew 7. Now, some people think this is all about the future, but the whole context of the Sermon on the Mount is about living here and now. And, and Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. I think he's talking about the here and now. Uh, at any moment, you can take the, the wide road that leads to destruction. It hurts people. It creates havoc. It's not loving. It's, it's all your power out of control. But you can choose the fruit of gentleness. And take the narrow road that leads to bringing life and eternal life. Because eternal life is not just a future thing. It's now. We are living eternal life. It's this narrow road. It is the more difficult road. But that is gentleness. It is power under control. Like Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer deflects anger. But harsh words make tempers flare. The, the gentle answer is the narrow road, is the high road. The, you know, just giving it back to them. That's, that's the harsh word that makes tempers flare and causes fights and just ex es escalates things in the wrong direction. That's not gentleness. Jesus having all the power in the world is just, he was loving and gentle. But you know, there were times he was firm. This doesn't mean you lose boundaries. I mean, Jesus did overturn tables and he did have some pretty stern words for the Pharisees. I mean, uh, boundaries and standing up for yourself are very, very important. We see that in, in Jesus. Luke chapter 6. This is Jesus talking about the high road. To you who are listening, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Now, this whole passage in Romans 12 is an example of the path of gentleness, this difficult path, this, this narrow road that leads to bringing life to situations. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. It's easy to pretend. Oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. you know, I'm there for you, whatever. I mean, that's, that's, this, that's, that's the wide road. <laughs> but the narrow road is, is this gentle, this power under control, the power that makes a difference. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That, that's the high road. It's easier to try to steal honor from others. You know, that was kind of my idea, you know, and, you know, and I don't give that person too much glory because their head's going to puff up and so, you know, I'm going to pull them down a little bit or pull them down to my level so at least I feel okay about myself. But gentleness is, is taking this power and using it for others and just honoring those people around you and lifting them up in love. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. And we, we heard about some needs. I mean, there are so many needs around us. And, and we can't meet them all, but we can certainly ask God, is there a need you want me to meet? God, is this something you're calling me towards? God, is there something I have that I can help? That's, that's the narrow road. That's the high road. That is power under control. Always be eager to practice hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Revenge is power out of control. Revenge is power that hurts. Revenge is power that destroys. The, the gentleness is power under control that moves towards reconciliation, peace, and forgiveness if possible. And as verse 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And this is the choice we have with the power, because again, all of us have power. <laughs> A tremendous power in our beings to help or to heal, to build up or tear down. And don't let evil conquer you by pushing you into that trap where you begin to use your power and it goes out of control. Or use your power to hurt and to tear down rather than doing good. This is the wisdom of heaven. Power under control, gentleness. As James 3 says, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, it's gentle, and notice it says, at all times. The, to get to this place that Jesus is calling, that we would always hold our power in control, in love, and in goodness towards others, and willing to yield to others, it is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. And so finally, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. We did it. God, I thank you. <laughs> God, we thank you that you are gentle towards us, each one of us. God, we, we screw up, we mess up, we, we hurt people at times. And God, we, we confess that sometimes our power is, is not in control. And God, I thank you as your word says that you do not treat our sins as we deserve. That you are so patient with us, that you are so gentle and good and kind. God, that you are not shaming us. There's no condemnation coming towards you, towards us, but God, your hands are there moving us forward and pushing it up that you are gentle, you are power under control towards us. And so God, I pray for the fresh filling touch of your spirit. And God, in those areas this week or in our lives where our power has gotten a little off, a little out of control, God, fill us with your gentleness. Touch us, God, with your gentleness. Help, God, us to take that power and move it back into a place that is loving and good and peaceful towards others. For you are near. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.